So in this episode, we explore the journey that took me from Sydney to Shambhala. And it was all about following my heart. And it wasn't the journey that I thought I was to be on, but it was the journey that I was meant to be on. And it was coming back home to the heart. So I look forward to sharing this. I'll see you in the episode. So the big question is this. How do we live in more sustainable and regenerative ways? How can we tap into the ancient secrets of living in harmony with the sacred nature of life? How do we embody the interconnected web of life that thrives in abundance within each of us? That is the question, and this podcast will explore the answers. My name is Craig Hubbard, and welcome to Shambhala Living. Hi everyone, and welcome back. For this episode, I wanted to share the journey from where I was in Sydney to having this desire to buy a farm. Because back then I, I didn't have a desire to have a farm, I didn't have a green thumb and I, I had no expectation that I was going to be living on the land. So some, some things transpired that, that brought me to this realisation and, and to this dream, to fulfil this dream. And funnily enough, it was it was also having a child. Um, if you listen to the last episode, having my, my most recent child, Birdie, led me to the discovery of this new path that I'm on now. And this story will take us back to when I first became a dad. That was 14 years ago. But the story begins right back when I was I'd just finished school, I'd got my HSC or my high school certificate, I'd, I was training as a martial artist and I I'd, was working on my black belt so I was so close to getting that and, and um, I'd moved out of home and I was living kind of my dream life as a, as a young man, I was, it was a little beach shack down at Stanwell Park which is south of Sydney. And for me, living on the beach was a dream. You know, I'd, as a kid, we didn't live near the beach. We were a 40, 50 minute drive to the beach. So as a teenager and as a young man, I was uh, surfing was my thing. And I, was, I considered myself an athlete with Kung Fu and martial arts. And, um, and then surfing was my other main sport uh, that I loved. So I was living living in this little beach shack with a little fireplace and, and in the days I would go off surfing. I was doing a home study course of Chinese medicine and anatomy and physiology and I, I loved that. And then at nights so I would drive the, the 40 minutes back to my hometown and I would train in the in the Kuhn, we called it. And I achieved my black belt, which was just such a, a, a huge achievement at the time for me. And and on the weekends I was working as a magician. So uh, that's a, a story for another time though, this whole, the, the thing that kind of led me down the, the path of magic. But anyway, that, that allowed me to work on the weekends and doing what I loved, which was at the time magic. And then my weekdays were, were for me. So I was, 
I would dream about health and I was guided by the the practice of martial arts. So that led me to desire to having this simple nature, rich lifestyle, healthy, abundant lifestyle, abundant in energy and 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 I had that. I kinda of had that in, in a in a small way, but it was in a in a in another way. It was like a rented lifestyle. It felt like you know, it was a rented a, a place, a little shack. So it built this dream in me to buy my own beach shack and that that was the the dream and and if if you've ever seen morning of the earth it's a it's a movie from the 70s a surf movie and and that kind of epitomized the the dream that i was looking for it's living on the land and surfing and just having a having a, a really good healthy happy abundant sun-drenched life you know like this that was kind of it and it was but it wasn't just from the surf side of things because it was that dream but it was also mixed with this balanced side from kung fu which was also saying have a simple living kind of what this hippie kind of lifestyle that was also loving but this one was more the eastern side and it was more balanced and more aligned and and it was a really good way to keep me balanced so I had those two dreams driving forward to be on the land, but I also had this materialistic vision of, oh, I want to I own a beach house. And I was like, how am I going to do that? And I have to do heaps of magic shows. Or And at the time, I, I thought, oh, any way I could make money is, is do more service and do more things. And I was like, I can't do more. So I didn't think I could earn enough to, to buy the beach house. And, and inside, there was... This, the struggle of how do I achieve this this um, this kind of elusive dream of peaceful living in touch with my energy centers, my chakras, while also living in this this kind of crazy world, and, and it was right, right on the edge of Sydney. So that were the kind of the struggles that I was I was dealing with, and um, but anyway, this desire to to get this beach house was pretty big and strong. So I I met up with a, a really good friend. His name was Pete and, and he was right into business. He, he taught me that I don't have to be the product. So as a magician, I was the product. I would, you know, I shipped myself all around the world. It was amazing and fun, but I realized if, if I want to succeed, I'll have to ship myself all over the place more and more. And, and I realized that in business, I could take a service and turn it into a product and then that product could be what I ship out into the world and that could be a more abundant way of living. So, But I didn't want just any business. I wanted a business that was aligned with with these this vision of, of healthy living and balanced with this Kung Fu mentality and, and a way of living. So I decided to move to the city, to move right into the heart of it. I still wanted to be near the beach so I chose Tamarama which was right up near Bondi. And Pete and I went crazy with business. Like we were studying all sorts of books and courses, and but we had no money. Like I had money for the week's food and rent, and that was it. So we, we found ourselves at this course of how to you know start a business, but it was a couple of thousand dollars. So I was like, oh, we don't have a couple of thousand dollars to invest in this course. So, But it sparked this journey that took us on this path that we went to create businesses so we could earn enough money to go to this course. And in the, in the time, we founded all sorts of businesses and no money down. That was how we were learning, like how do you buy businesses with no money down? So we were doing that. We're running these different businesses, amazing ideas. and uh, But again, most of them for, uh, for another time because this particular 
one this memory that I had, I remember Pete walking into the office one day and he looked at me and he's like, oh, I found it. And he held up this thing in his hands and it was this little shot cup. And he's like, Craig, this is it. This is gonna change our life forever. And I looked at him and I, and I, I trusted him. I loved him and he was, he was my best friend. And, and I was like, all right, let's do it. And then I was like, what, what is it? And it was this health drink. It was a wheatgrass shot. So immediately uh, it aligned with my values of, of health because I, I didn't want the businesses that were not healthy, even though some of them we, had, we were running and they were sort of providing us some income. But this one was like, oh, okay, great. It's this, this little wheatgrass shot. Uh, and as I researched more about wheatgrass, it was like, oh my God, it's, like, it's such a superfood. Uh, the only thing is it, it didn't taste so good. Um, the more you drink it, the more you love it, and I end up just loving it. Um, but that was a challenge for a lot of people to to down a, a wheatgrass shot. It was like oh, they they would gag and they didn't like it. But the health benefits were were so researched and, and and amazing. So anyway, we had this idea, and we partnered with a lady. It was from Bondo Wheatgrass, and we and my job was to take the the product and work with her and work with a manufacturer to turn it into a longer shelf life but still all natural no preservatives um, all organic basis of the ingredients so i set about on this journey to to do that and we we created this product that we called sweet and it was um this little shot cup with a split down the middle and it had wheatgrass on one side fresh wheatgrass on one side and on the other side was juice and you would drink both of them at the same time and they and the juice the orange juice um, kind of masked the taste and also helped with the assimilation of the nutrients so it was it was amazing you know we we were packing it in our office then we we moved to a, a factory and uh, I, I moved into the factory and I was living on the couch and it was just this awesome entrepreneurial time. Um, we were kind of on the edge of it and I was still doing magic on the side but, and, and this dream was still there of like, I want to make enough money to go back to where I was to buy the little beach shack. So we, need, we knew we needed to, to, to step it up so we, we needed money. Um, we wanted to take this to distributors and, and to put in perspective, the goal was to take on the multinationals and the one that we had in mind was Coca-Cola. It was to me the epitomized like the worst thing that commercial corporate business world had done to ruin health and wellness and also the landscape and and i vehemently hated them and and i and i wanted to take them down but i wanted to do it with a healthy product so the vision was we're going to take this little healthy product and we're going to utilize the same marketing techniques that these multinationals have succeeded in taking these unhealthy fast food products and these sugar laden products out to the world and we're going to use that same marketing, but we're going to put it behind a health product. And and at the time, health wasn't that cool, you know. Like this was um, this was a good 20, 25 years ago, and it was still not not seen the way it is today. So the the vision was: how do we make health 
cool. Like, how do we make it so that everyone wants to be healthy? And and we thought that this little shop would do it. And but we needed money, so I went and asked my parents, my family. Um, Pete asked his parents, and and we together we we came up with with um, a whole stack of of money, and it was it was more money than I've ever had to deal with at the as a as a 20 year old or a 22 year old at the time and but it meant that that was the point of no return you know we couldn't turn back i'd borrowed and it took a took a lot of convincing to borrow some really hard-earned money from my mum and dad and from some other friends and and then we had some other investors come in so once we put that money into the business it was game time and it was it was it was scary it was like all right we've got half a million dollars here at stake we cannot let them down because we couldn't go bankrupt because it was our family like we 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 had to pay them back so i was like all right we're risking a lot here um but we believed in the product so we put it into marketing we put it into product development we we put it into (laughs) some crazy ideas to get this thing out there but we really believed that if we could just last long enough, then we would we'd be able to um, penetrate the market and get health into these little healthy shots, into cafes and shops all across Australia and then over into the States. And, you know, it was this big, big vision. We were doing kind of well. We, we, we got recognised in some of the Fine Food Awards and we, got, we, uh, we won the best product of the year in, I think, 2005. And it, it was looking good, but we were starting to run out of money. And I was like, oh, it's getting tight here. I was still living on the couch and in the factory. And, and it was, but it was okay. We were living on the, on the you know, the smell of an oily rag. And, and we thrived in that. We, we loved that. But then something happened and, and it um, took me fully by surprise. And, and that was, I found out I was going to be a dad. And this was the first time I was going to be a dad. So, and I hadn't planned to be a dad. In fact, I didn't even know that I was in a relationship. I was kind of in a a, a casual relationship, um, and I we were we were careful, but not careful enough. And it wasn't planned. And in fact, it was it was clear from both of us that it was time to finish the relationship. We were going to part ways. And then she came around to the, to the factory where I was living and, and I was ready to be like, hey, I, think, I think we both know it. It's time to finish up. And she said, I'm pregnant. And I, I felt the ground beneath me kind of like warp and, and I, I lost some, some um, I think, some consciousness for a little while because... I that was not on my radar to be a dad, you know. I I I thought if I was going to be a dad, that's you know that's a long way down the track, ten years, if any, if it, if at all. So I kind of was like, oh my god, I, I and and my um, I feel kind of guilty saying this, but my first reaction was uh, I started to cry, you know, like it was it was I thought that my dreams that I had. To build this company and to 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 create this business that was going to change the world and and, 
and to get this dream of you know that I what I wanted it was like it was all coming crashing down because I'd made a mistake and 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 now I'm about to be a dad and it was clear she was going to have the baby but the big change was she was moving you know she was going back to Queensland which is a thousand kilometers away in a different state and that's where her parents were that's where her friends were and she was saying if you want to come you can come we didn't know if we were going to live together or 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 what was going to happen in the future all we knew was she was having a baby and I was a dad so I I I just wanted to run and hide and and I didn't know what to do the business at the time we were we were you know really on our last legs of money and I was freaking out there as well and then then to have this news it was like oh my god I oh god I thought I thought it was it was over you know I thought, I, I didn't know how I was going to pay the debt back but and I didn't know how I was going to raise a child or bring a child into the world I could hardly look after myself in this factory so I didn't have any of the answers and I had a trip planned so a friend had had this overseas trip planned that he bought for me and, and and we we went on this trip and I it was time to just assimilate I, I I hadn't even in fact just before I went away I told my parents and I and the awkward part was introducing my parents to my girlfriend and I say girlfriend in quotes because we weren't really girlfriend and boyfriend we were just I don't know what we were we didn't know what we were but I was like this is uh, her name was Jem and this is Jem and she's going to be the mother of my child and welcome and hi and it was it was it was pretty um, intense for everyone um, but there was no way out of you know the, there was nothing we could change so we all had to get on with our life and, and deal with it in the best way possible and and Jem's way was she was she was solid she was having the baby we weren't in love um, however I I was like well I'm, I'm gonna be a dad like I can't just stay in Sydney and run my business and know that my child's growing up up there so I, I went on this trip it was a, it was for three or four weeks and and we went to to Europe I've never been over there so we did a little bit of together tripping and then and we went to Germany and and Sweden and and um, and I, I had like no money and, and I'll share more of this story because there were some pretty big things that happened over there that changed my life um, but I went on my own trip and, and went down to Switzerland and I was doing it on like literally dollars a day I wasn't I wasn't staying in any accommodation and I I went hiking into the bush and I was sleeping just wherever I could find a, a space to sleep um, and I had this epiphany and and that epiphany just made me realize what are, what are you doing like you you're 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 resenting or resisting this thing that has come up and you're you're not looking at it and and it's here and you you need to deal with it and and I you know I wanted to keep chasing this other vision and, and be this entrepreneur and um, and make millions of dollars and, and and all this sort of stuff and change the world and but I was gonna be a dad and I was in another state and 
the business was you know doing a little bit tough at, the, at that time so I decided I'm going to come back and I'm going to commit I'm going to I'm going to be a dad and I start when I came back I I started to look for properties in the area so I could be nearby where where mum was going to be where 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 my child is going to be living so I didn't know if, I didn't think we were going to be living together I didn't want to presume that but I did want to provide something I had less than a thousand dollars to my name total if I counted up all of my bank accounts and everything and I found this property and and it just spoke to me I went there it was it was actually looking for Pete and his wife they were looking to buy a property and and I just went kind of sightseeing with them and then I found this property and and they didn't want to buy it and I I just fell in love with it it was it was off grid it was totally totally impractical it was um like an hour from most civilization and there was a there was a general store in this little town called Mullaney there was a permaculture village down the road called Crystal Waters and when there was this seven or eight acre property on this group title it was off grid solar creek running through it just totally surrounded by trees and rammed earth building fire to light the to to heat the water and for me I, I just loved it it was like oh this is the dream that I wanted way back in uh, when I first started and anyway I so I, I knew that that was a property I, I went back to Sydney and I kind of got back to business but it was gnawing on me I was like that that's your property that's the property you're gonna buy and I was like but I don't understand how like I've got I got no money but this kind of dream that came back of of when we first started the the entrepreneurial journey of like how do you buy things with no money down and how do you do creative financing and and this concept of um, manifesting from nothing so I was like all right I'm gonna I'm gonna dream of this I'm gonna believe in this and 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 I found this the the idea of Shambhala and and so that was kind of like this magical mystical thing so. I was like, all right, I'm going to dream and visualize having this place. And I'd already called it Shambhala in my head. It's not the farm that we live on today, but it was the thing that got me to the farm. And I dreamed about it and I visualized it. And and then I put an idea, I put a, a, an offer to the, to the people, a creative financing arrangement where I didn't have to put any money down and... They got all the money that they they wanted, and the bank was happy, and everyone's happy, and they agreed. And so I was on my way up there, and I rang Jem, and I and she was getting closer now to the the date of having the baby, and and she was living kind of half between Queensland and Sydney, and with her mum. And then I was like, I've bought a, I've bought a, I'm going to buy a property, and if you guys want, you can you can live there with me. Like that's what it's there for. It's so that this child has has a home and that I can be a provider and and on the way up there we we drove up together in in a in a friend's four-wheel drive and I remember sitting on the side of the road and and literally it came down to the to the flip of a coin I pulled out it she was like well you know I was scared I was like I don't know how I'm going to do it I don't know how I'm going to pay this thing off I've also got all these debts in Sydney and this business and I, I don't know but I just know that this is the property. So I flipped this coin 
and it came down heads and I was like, right, I'm buying the property. So we we drove the extra couple of hours, went to the real estate, signed the deal and went there that night and and, and slept on a sleeping bag and a swag on the on the floor. Within about two or three months, we'd moved up there. Uh, she'd had the baby, a home birth in this, this property we called Shambhala. And it began the transformation of of who I am today and and I so I'm so grateful to to that massive change that happened in my life and and that baby that was born was a boy and we we called him Isaiah so I'm really grateful for for the the gift that Isaiah gave me to take me off this track of living in Sydney um, going for this kind of ever expanding journey of materialism and and it took me back home to where my heart was to live surrounded by nature and it was there that I I embarked on my yoga teacher training and then I met my mentor my food growing mentor Jim Jim Hunt it was and um and it was standing on his farm that it all just hit me that this is what I want to do for the rest of my life I want to grow food and I want to share it with the community. And uh, I'd love to share that story, that part of going to gyms and there was some amazing um, insights there and some lessons and, and that transitioned me to coming to, to the farm where we are now. But but that that lesson and getting to that property, that set me up for where we are today. And I'm so grateful, you know, it was, it was so different than what I wanted. I thought it was a beach shack down south of Sydney. It ended up being a, um, a permaculture, off-grid lifestyle north of Sydney, way north of Sydney. And I'm, I'm so grateful to, to, to have come up here and I've realised it's such a beautiful, magic space. And um, so anyway, that's the, the, the story of, of what got me out of Sydney and over to having a farm or or the property that was called Shambhala and, and that's where it all began. So thank you so much for listening to this story. I hope you got something out of it. Um, if anything, I guess the, the biggest insight and lesson for me was that when we're on a journey and then something takes us off our journey and we think that it's not the right thing, it could be the very thing and it could be that, that when we dive deep and fully commit to to one thing, the thing that is the most powerful, palpable thing, it could be the thing that leads you to the very thing that you wanted in the first place. So um, it's not always a linear journey and I think we really have to follow our heart and that, that was a big lesson. I could I definitely felt the heart calling, going on that heart journey led me to what I really deeply wanted as, an in, as my internal values and transformation. So I, I hope that, that whatever your yearn, the, the deepest yearnings that are in your heart, that you fan them and fuel them and allow them to take you on a journey of transformation. So thank you so much and I will see you in the next episode. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Shambhala Living Podcast. If you enjoyed it, then I'd love it if you would share it with some friends. 
and subscribe to this channel and turn on notifications so you can find out when the next podcast comes out. You can find us at Instagram at Shambhala Farm and also check out our upcoming 12-week food growing course. You can find out more details on our newsletter list or on Instagram. I'll see you on the next episode.